Just before we start the podcast, we would like to invite you to get a copy of our new book called Living From Your Art. You can find it on any Amazon platform. You will see it's a very bright colored orange and yellow uh, book cover and it was made for you artists because you help us live in a better world. We want to help you get more work. So thank you so much and let's start this podcast. Live on social media. Hello, everyone. Hey, long time no see. Another episode of the Puppet Podcast. I'm so happy to, to go back online because that was a busy summer. I don't know for you, but for me, I was all over the place in festivals and outdoor stuff and doing stilts performance. And I was kind of like really happy to perform so that's why I think I, I I put on the side a bit the podcast but I apologize and I really want to get a lot of interview this fall so that's why we we come back it's not like I could say season three two oh ah but I keep I keep the numbers I like to to have those episodes so tonight yes let me bring the overlay like this we have the wonderful Yeah, Maggie Winston, she's, she's, she's in the area. I'm so happy to have the possibility to, to have the, this community right around me. And uh, if you don't know the Montreal community, the Quebec crowd of puppeteers that we have around, I really invite you to visit the website of AQM. It's our association. And it's kind of like uh, another guild, but we have a lot of talent all over the place over there. So I like to promote also the people around me so yeah ladies and gentlemen like feel free to write in the chat from where you are watching ask question if you have for maggie during the interview and yes just sharing love just connect all puppeteers all art lover all together so ladies and gentlemen drum roll for maggie Winston! Yeah! <laughs> Hello! Thanks so much for having me. So cool. I, I'm so happy. I, and it's kind of like funny because, because we never worked together. We were at some point maybe supposed to, but I, like now we, we have a show, a live show on the web. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, now it's happening. <laughs> and there's always possibilities for the future. So, yes. yeah. So, so Maggie, I want you to introduce yourself. Sometimes it's kind of hard and, and it's funny because often the host introduce the puppeteers, but I like to hear puppeteers introducing themselves to the crowd who are watching right now. So could you do that? Sure, yeah. It's, it's funny the way you introduced me too with this Maggie Winston because I have some this joke between some of my other puppeteer friends that... They, they introduced me like that too with this like Maggie Winston because um, Jocelyn Cui, who is the director of OOF, he always says my name just like that too. And he's like, Maggie Winston. Yeah, because I think it's like, oh, that's how people need to pronounce my name here. Yeah, it's kind of glam. I don't know if it's our French thing. Like we love English name. I guess, I guess so. I guess that's it. Um, but yeah, how to start in introducing me. Um, yeah, I guess 
Uh, I'm a puppeteer. I also like to say that I'm a community engaged artist. So that basically means that I like to work on projects where it, I'm not necessarily working with professional artists. And I'm, it's like mediation culturelle, but in English, there's many different terms for what that means. And it's a bit of a different uh, meaning in French than it is in English. But basically, I, I just want to make puppets and art and I love the art of puppetry and I want to share that with whoever is interested and uh, wanting to explore. So that's how I approach it and that's how I want to share it with others. Yeah. Yeah, I love that that you put in first like this community engagement. I feel you you are really involved like I won't say activist, but it's kind of like activist community guy, girl, and, and <laughs> all together you are able to create some wonderful stuff. I think I'm still kind of getting my feet wet in the Montreal community because I came here in 2016 and it was like kind of a slow start to arriving in Montreal. And because I was getting used to what the culture is like here and I was learning French and trying to engage with the francophone artists but not always being able to and I was trying to know how to take advantage of all the amazing opportunities that are here but I was still learning what they were or what I had access to that I'm still figuring out how to do that kind of work here mm -hmm. about how to be a really community engaged artist here. But I do remember kind of like coming into the scene and being like, wow, I'm here and I'm so excited for this community. And I came here really specifically for this culture and this scene. So then uh, people noticed and I was able to do uh, a lot of my own work right off the bat and created my show Beaver Dreams. Um, La Fièvre du Castor, in that's the French title. And it just like got rolling right off the bat as soon as I got here. So it's been a really fruitful time since 2016 for, for my puppetry career. Yes, and it's so cool that you, you bring this like French-English stuff also, that you experience it yourself. So how do you, you connect with the community? And it's so funny because it makes it makes some stuff on, on the chat. We have like a lot of, of smile of people, but we have but I, let me pronounce it. Oh yeah. Patricia. Yeah, she say I can't imagine trans transitioning to French. Wow. Like to to that's that's a lot of wow because that's true to to integrate a new community with a new language. It's totally uh, something. But let me talk about your company because you have a company. Well, I guess, I mean, I call it, I call it my company. I call it Lost and Found Company. It's not like technically a registered business, but it's the name I call my work. And yeah. I do call it company because I don't want to be just recognized as a solo artist. I want to be recognized as an artist who brings people together to work on various projects. And then it depends on what type of project it is, whether it gets called a lost and found puppet company show. Like normally if I'm the one kind of leading the project and gathering the people around me, then that's a lost and found puppet company show. Uh -huh. But other times I'm just collaborating with other artists on their projects or we're doing something that's joint between two different people's companies or yeah. that's how it works but 
I wanted a name to call myself and I didn't want it to be like Maggie Winston Puppets, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. um, one of my first shows was about lost socks in the dryer. So I thought, oh, Lost and Found, it's actually a pretty nice name. And it works well for puppetry because we're always looking through the Lost and Found box for interesting things. And I feel like you could make a show just based out of what you find in the Lost and Found box. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's creativity at the same time. Like the name of, of the, like the brand is inspirational also. Mm. And it's a little bit my personal journey as an artist too. It's like, I do make work as a solo artist and sometimes in the solo work, I feel a bit lost. And then I'm like looking for people. I'm like, Oh, can you help me? Can you be a part of this? And, and I'm like finding them. So I'm like, Oh, I'm no longer lost. And now I'm found and you're found. So it's, it's both at the same time. Yeah. That's so true. That's part of the creative process. You have to accept that you will be lost at some point and yeah. you will found solution. That too. Yeah, that too. So, uh, Maggie, are you ready for the deep question of the Puppet Podcast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those are, I love to call it deep because they are always the same, but they are, like, fundamental, I feel. So, um, yeah, I want to know why do you cherish the art of puppetry? Oh, yeah, that is a deep question. <laughs> well, yeah, what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish also? Well, first of all, like in terms of the trajectory of, of my interest in it, I, mm. I did start out as a theater artist um, and I was acting and getting doing auditions, like very little. Um, and it just really wasn't for me. I never felt like I fit a role. I was never super interested in the plays that we were doing. I always wanted to make my own shows and my own stories. And I knew I had my own way of telling stories that wasn't like written by a playwright first or, you know, wasn't something that I had to like go through that traditional theater structure to do. And um, so because I wasn't working like full time uh, as an actor, I decided to start sewing the costumes because I, yeah. I started, I liked sewing and making things. And so I was like part designer, part actor. And then when I realized that puppetry was like the mix of it all, where you can have a really strong discipline in visual arts and craft and making and design and 3D, and you had the performance aspect of like taking that object and bringing it to life and creating its story and its world. Then for me, it was like the perfect marriage of all the things that I was interested in. And I think a lot of puppeteers do it for that reason. They're like people who love to do it all and they can't pick. And I'm like, I can't pick. So I just, I have to do it all. Um, so in that way, I think that's what attracted me at first was the possibility of being able to do anything and everything and kind of be the leader of my own artistic process. And um, in that, I think it is really open as well that um, in like the professional world is not the same at all. Like um, puppeteers are so open and welcoming and creative and they just, They want other people to play with and to be involved 
and to collaborate. It's not like in the TV or film industry where you have to look a certain way, you have to do a certain type of role to get to a certain place. It's really like, hey, are you interested? Do you have a few skills? Okay, well, we want you. So it's a it's a very welcoming community. And that I found that everywhere around the world that people are like that. Yes, that's so cool. Like your community passion get like his source of, of, of stuff with this community. And for, I agree, puppeteers are like not like doing elbow stuff like, hey, no, not in my way. It's just like, oh, you do that. Oh, great. Oh, let, let's... What are you doing? And uh, oh, I'm interested and I want to find out what you're doing or do you want to invite me to this thing? And it's a, yeah, it's very welcoming community. And even even here in Quebec where this, the, the majority of the artists are Francophone, with me being an Anglophone, I never, I still never really felt totally excluded because A, a lot of people speak English in Quebec but B, just because they're puppeteers and they're they're gonna welcome you anyway, whether you speak English or Spanish or Chinese or whatever, and that's just the community. Yes, that's yeah. such a wonderful answer. Like community, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. That's so cool. And I want to know um, your crush moment. Like, uh, how did your crush for puppetry happen? Do you have like a moment, like or an anecdote of like, oh yes, I do. Uh, no, I don't think I, I don't think I had one singular moment. Like I, I grew up with puppetry in the household, like with Sesame Street and Jim Henson, and like because I grew up in the United States, so I was I, I had that whole era of children's television that was very Jim Henson, uh -huh. so. Like I probably have some of my earliest memories of watching Sesame Street and the Muppets and things like that. And then I fell in love with the Dark Crystal, of course, as like film, as a, like a beautiful, rich film that is so inspiring. And then I started taking puppetry in university, my undergrad at in New York. And I don't know, we had a number of different types of influences in that course, like um, New York artists based in New York who were doing more experimental type things. And I remember seeing this guy come in and he had a, he had a marionette that was built out of all these found objects and materials and the eyes would really wiggle around and his chest was kind of this like cabinet that could open up. And you saw really the possibility of, of a construction of the way you can bring many different materials together and B, how that, how that becomes a character. Um, so I have a lot of memories from those early days of being like, whoa, you can do so much. Yeah. That's so cool. We hear some somebody. <laughs> I know my roommate just got back from uh, from Cote Noir, so she's like so excited. In <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. We are excited too. So let's bring excited moment. <laughs> yeah, but this is so interesting. Like the the fact that what's make a crush, like you define, is is the, this moment of seeing all the possibility. So I think it, it's like the, the freedom of the art form could mm -hmm. really inspire a lot of people. And, and yeah, we have people watching right now from from Philippines. Yay! Yeah. Hi, Wanu! 
yes and and yeah we have some people who say hi so hi john and yes oh yeah so so parisha said like the french thing also so yeah, yeah thank you you take it six years in school but no it's not the same <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah to speak it every day but yeah. uh yeah it's it's so interesting i want to also talk because we we were talking before the interview about like field of study and and training so have you uh, like you have done ucam like the university here in montreal of of puppetry but i want to hear you on and the best field of study in your in your belief like what is the best field of study to become a puppeteer oh i don't know i think that really depends on you and the person and how you want to go about doing it because for some people being in an academic environment and having that kind of structure can really help um and for other people it's like Uh, it's like a system that really doesn't foster a creative attitude or a creative community. So it, it really depends on, on what you're looking for. Like for me, um, doing the DEOSS at UCAM was uh, something I really wanted to do for a long time. It was like, wow, this program exists, eh? Because there aren't a lot of places where you could go and and concentrate on something so specific. And it's a contemporary puppet theater program. So you know that their approach to puppetry is, is from a, a modern and experimental perspective. So you're like, oh, wow, that's special. Because um, also there are a few programs like master's degree programs in the US, but it's so expensive, it's hard to do, hard to you know, get into. And honestly, I'm, I don't know if they have the type of programming that I would have really looked for because the, the scene in Quebec, like the particular culture of contemporary puppetry in Quebec is actually what it really interests me because it's got this, it's got this influence from France and Europe, which brings a kind of sophistication, but also a kind of experimentation, which you really don't see in the rest of Canada or not much in the United States either, except in major cities like in New York and Chicago. Um, so I was like, wow, I can do this program in Canada. It can like cost next to nothing. And if I can do it in French, then I'm going to have this whole other level of understanding and comprehension and types of collaborators. And I'll have this opportunity to collaborate in a really different way. Um, so that's what, that's what interested me. So, um, I can recommend it for those who are interested in having some structure of a program where you have to be there every day and you know you have to commit to like working on certain projects and and it's cool because at the end you you don't have to do a thesis or anything like that your your final project is a performance and it's a it can be a collaborative performance or a solo performance and it's a short form piece um like 10 to 15 minutes so um that's the aim of the program is to like create collaborate experiment and perform so it's lucky that that's that program is there because it's not super academic it's more like it's kind of more like an artistic residency 
with some occasional evaluations. <laughs> yeah, so I liked it. Yeah. yeah, I love to have your opinion also on it because it's it's funny when you read the program on paper, but when you met people who experience it and can define it, it's in it's in a university. But I, I feel we have something like really uh, in, in the community, in the UCAM program, something really uh, accessible and, and really uh, fun for artists. Yeah, and I think like it being in a university setting can sometimes kind of create some limitations, but at the same time, it's also a program that's constantly changing and shifting around and the professors who are there are always changing. So it's like gonna be different each time. And because the program is really based on who comes for the cohort, a lot of it depends on who you're working with and who you're collaborating with. So uh -huh. it'll be different every time. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the, the, the crowd, like who is engaged in the program. And yeah. yes, uh, everyone, if you want more information, like for the program, feel free to, yeah, they have a good website, but I'm sure Maggie could answer to your question if, if you have more. Yeah. And uh, let's go to the next one. The next question is um, your definition. And I'm, I feel it's interesting as you, you are out of school, but you, you think about the definition of puppet uh, for a, a moment over there. I want to have your own definition in your own words. What is a puppet? Mm. Well, I, I teach a lot of workshops and usually for like an introductory workshop, where I'm introducing it for the first time to people who maybe don't even know what a puppet is, mm -hmm. I say it's any performing object. Yeah, like the, the performance, like the thing that it's involved in the show. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think you can create a puppet that is a construction and It might be representative of something or not representative of something. But I think until you put it into movement in front of an audience, it's not really a puppet. Like mm. it's more like an object or it's a doll or, you know, yeah. it's more like an object. But when, when the manipulator is present and a spectator is present and it moves and breathes and comes to life, then it's a puppet, but it could be anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's funny how it, we, we come back to freedom because it could be anything. It's a lot of uh, stuff. It could be, but I, I love that you precise the fact that this object has to perform. And, and this is a nuance really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I want to know also um, your um, like we we see so like we we observe in the last few years a lot of improvement of technology of stuff. But like in your observation, do you feel like the 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 new technology, the new stuff could influence the practice of puppetry? For sure. I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't want it to have any technological influence because I think the reason why I'm attracted to it and a lot of people are is its roots in yeah. folk art and yeah. folk cult culture that it's very of the like popular, um, you know, 
Yeah. Without technology, it's like simple mechanisms and simple structures and simple materials. And that's what we like about it is it's very tangible. And the introduction of technology brings it into a different thing. Yeah. So on one side, I'm kind of like, don't, you know, don't (laughs) rely too much on the tech because you're going to lose the magic of the puppet if you rely too much on the Uh tech. But then on the other hand, there's a lot of advantages to having tech for certain circumstances. So Mm -hmm. like I have enjoyed over the pandemic time of just experimenting more with camera and puppets really communicate so well on camera because you can get in on these close shots and you can get the detail of the puppets from different angles and things that you would never be able to achieve live. So it brings something different, but then you're really working with like puppets on film or puppets on camera. And that's a different thing than like live puppet theater. But I've enjoyed the opportunity to like experiment in it a little bit more and have an audience around the world who could see, see my work. Um, if they're not in person. So I think there's advantages to both. Yes. Do you feel we are in an ascension of puppetry? Do you feel we we are more popular right now than in the past? What is your opinion on that? I don't know. I guess it depends on... I think it depends on your culture and your community because um, in certain cultures around the world, puppetry has always been there and it's always been a major thing. Like in Indonesia, it's been Mm. like a cherished tradition for thousands of years. And maybe in terms of like contemporary puppetry, it's starting to change. But um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's like any art form where it goes Mm. through transitions and it follows the influence of the culture that's there. So I think that's all we're doing is like, here we are, we're artists, we have this opportunity, we're making comments on, we're creating work based yeah. on what's happening around us in our culture. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. And and puppetry is really a good communicator to a good medium of communication to expose some viewpoints on, on world and 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 reality. So yeah, I want also to hear you on your goals like as a puppeteers do you have something you want to achieve like something and it's always a tough question i i agree totally but <laughs> what do you envision for the future and your career or like let's talk about the future Ooh, i know i i tend to think about that a lot too but also i feel like i've been pretty busy for a long time and i'm kind of like looking forward to to taking a little bit of a break not really, but like just to diversify and do other things in my life and let those things influence my work more. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not super attached to like becoming well known or like traveling the world and having thousands of people see my work or even creating work on a large scale. Like um, mm-hmm. even for me after doing the program at UCAM, I'm kind of like, not that interested in performing in theaters um, or like doing shows that have a lot of tech or lighting or sound or I I think I'm more interested in doing shows that involve real people and 
not necessarily other artists, people who are just interested to try and are there and want to play. And also for audiences who come to that type of performance for those reasons as well. So I, I would like to do more shows outdoors and with um, more natural materials and um, different types of people. So, yeah. yeah. That's, That's so beautiful. Like community <laughs> engaged, natural stuff, like create yeah. moment. It's, it's perfect. That's a good goal. And yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. And yeah, for the conclusion, I always ask if the puppeteer could bring a, a, a puppet, something that can represent your work or something you want to show to the camera. Well, like you can see, I, I kind of do have a, a lot of nature themes in my shows. And at UCAM, I did try to go a little bit away from nature themes um, because I was collaborating with other people. But as soon as the program was over, I was like, nope, I still want to make shows about nature. Yeah. <laughs> so behind me is this. Uh, this I, I can bring you food. Oh, yeah, there we go. This is a heron, giant's heron. And I just got what's finished with this project about birds. So we got to use this puppet in rehearsals and explore it, explore this giant bird. And, um, and over here are some woodcutters, which are inspired by um, a count by Gilles Vigneault. So I, that's my first time like working in wood. And I have this little guy here is a, a little wolf coyote creature, hand puppet guy that kind of has it's, it's got like a strange kind of setup that's where its feet are kind of backwards. And it's kind of a really bright light, but is it real no. real fur? I'm kind of no, no. I mean, yeah. There's a this part is real. Uh huh. Um, I have a lot of different types of stuff, but this is all fake fur. Okay. I have some real fur things. That's good. Yeah. This uh, here's another bird. Okay, I remove myself. <laughs> I mean, I just have a lot of things that I've accumulated over the years, and. This bird just got a makeover too for the production that I was a part of. So it's got some fancy stuff, little crow. Um, and then I've got all kinds of other things that are just like, well, I just like taught a workshop and how to make these little guys. So I have a lot of these little guys that are just paper mache and plastic bags. And um, sometimes I just take it out and I'm like, oh, what, what can this guy, what can this thing do? Or maybe it'll become something else for another thing. I'm not sure. So I have, I have a lot of little, and then everyone, you know, I have this too. It's like a paper bag, this paper with some tape around it. And then sometimes I use this to teach with as well. Um, so there's just so many different options and, Sometimes I'm really searching for like, what's my aesthetic? And then I'm kind of like, well, I don't have to have one. <laughs> I'm just interested in whatever I'm interested in. Yeah, but nature is kind of like a, a team. It's something like really tangible and, and to be like the raw, the roots, the stuff like really basic, I, I think. I, and, and I think it, in your workshop, 
like you do with people and, and community, you you teach the basic, the root also, right? Usually, because I'm I'm usually teaching people who are new to puppetry, but not all not always. Sometimes I'm teaching more professional level things, and yeah. So cool. And and Nagi, if people want to know more about you, want to connect with you, where they should go and watch and 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 Google and what oh, yeah. how to reach you. Yeah, I'm not sure how I can put it in the chat, but you can go to my website, which is lostandfoundpuppets.com, and it's the whole word written out. So it's the word lost, the word and, the word found, puppets.com. So, or if you just search Lost and Found Puppets, Maggie Winston, you'll, you'll find my website. Yeah, so cool. So yeah, we can put it below the interview uh, so people could just easily click and 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 reach you and so cool. And do you have some stuff coming like or thing you want to to share with us? I'm like so free. I don't have school, so I'm like, what's my next project? And I'm kind of like, ah, hire me for something or like, you know, I'm ready to go. Like, put me in there or wherever. If you, I'm gonna do a few auditions and things like that. I'm I'm working a little bit with my friend Steve Day, who's making a show called Wild Bill, and it's about a guy in his apartment who makes YouTube videos with uh with puppets and trash. And then I recently started to come up with an idea for a new solo show, which is going to be about a lonely loon. So it's a bird theme, which seems to be coming up. And there's this lonely loon that's hanging out at the lake where I spend my summers. And I just spent so much time swimming next to this bird that I realized I wanted to tell its story. <sighs> that's good. Yeah. That's so cool. So maybe I'll start thinking about like what's the residency or what's how do I get the funding for that? But if you have any ideas of like how to get started on the lonely loon story, just contact me and I'm open. Yeah. So cool. So Maggie, thank you so much for your time and passion and to share that with the Puppet Podcast community. You are wonderful. That was a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And like this podcast is so great. You do so much outreach and bring people together. I see sometimes the artists that you have and I'm like, whoa, that artist is from far away. But I know their work too. And it's nice to see that that community coming together. Yes, I, we enjoyed to, to share passion and to just put the follow spot on it. So that, yeah. that's it. So I will remove you off the screen. So don't you can stay in the virtual studio. We can chat after, but uh, I just uh, bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for watching. And yes, stay tuned. This week we will have another interview also. So I want to to pump up the the show and and have a lot of interview from all over. So yeah, feel free to write to us and yeah, have a look on our Patreon. Uh, Patreon website. We have some workshop coming. So here is the address. So have a look on that. We will have two workshops about ventriloquism, about wood carving, and it's coming really soon. So all the details will be on this website. So it's it's so cool to, to share that with you. And if you need any help about online promotion, stuff you want to 
to reach out and influence the world of puppetry and your to share your puppetry work feel free to write to us so we we love to help artists to promote themselves so everyone i will wish you a wonderful evening and afternoon and morning depending where you are in the world and i will say see you soon bye bye <music>